Welcome to Hollywood United Methodist Church. We are glad that you have joined us in person and online for worship on this second Sunday of November. Let us now stand as we are able for our opening hymns. Well, I'm so used to sitting. I was like, I'm not having any kids up here, but I'm still going to sit because I'll sit with this bear. This is my child today. Uh, good morning. My name is Mr. Kevin. I am the Director of Children and Youth Ministry, 
and um, we're happy to have uh, both our children's church this morning and also our youth group. So right after I dismiss us, we will head back into the parlor, chapel, and the grace room for those ministries. Today, the children are talking about goodness as we continue in our series of the fruits of the Spirit. And uh, in our youth group, we're talking about actually the pains of childbirth. And after uh, we're done in youth ministry, you can ask your young person what, we, what that meant and what we were talking about. You'll hear about the Compassion Bears um, from Pastor Bridie in a little bit. That's what this is here, so we encourage everyone to take those home. We just got a letter this week thanking us from the Los Angeles Unified School District, their Department of Homeless Services, for all of the backpacks that were donated and the school supplies, and they were very grateful for our continued partnership. So thank you for everybody who has done that. And I look forward, this song, this hymn just now got me a little bit in the Christmas spirit, John. Thank you for that. Uh, I was like, wow, here we go. First Coast 103.5 and now our church. Um, so uh, we are looking forward to a, uh, a, a children and youth Christmas service on December 12th. Um, it will be, a, uh, obviously everything is different this year. It will be different than what we've done in the past. But I, if you have children and young people that might be interested in participating in that service on December 12th, please let me know. Um, you can always email me at kevin at hollywoodumc.org. We'd love to have as many children and youth as possible involved in that service. So I look forward to uh, invite your family and friends. It's always a really fun, uplifting service. And whenever the children and youth lead us, it is a joy. Uh, pray with me, and then we'll dismiss. Father, I come to you and ask your blessing on the children and the youth that are part of our church family, those that are here today, those that are viewing online, and those um, who are not connected to us right now. Thank you for uh, each of them, for their hearts, their minds, their imaginations, their questions, and their curiosities. And I pray that you would help us as leaders and as parents and as volunteers and just loved ones to point them in the direction of your son, uh, in the direction of love and in peace, compassion, and justice. Help us to always uh, be examples and leaders, but also help us to have the eyes to see how they can lead us to be more like you. We pray all of this in the son name of your son, Jesus. Amen. As the children and youth go out, I invite you all to stand and pass the peace of Christ to one another, socially distanced somehow, waving, blowing kisses, elbow bumping, what you would like to do. It's been a challenge to have new member classes during the pandemic, shall we say, uh, but we are delighted that we had a couple of Zoom classes and we have five uh, new members to present to you today. Norman Phillip, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have Norman Phillips who's joining as an associate member, uh, keeping his membership at his home church. Uh, we have John and Jesse Turtelot and baby Daniel, who will be baptizing in January, Dan Cox, and Tom Baldridge. So we are so glad to have them. Bridie is going, Pastor Bridie is going to ask the first set of questions. I have a few questions for you. On behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin. I'm sorry. What? Uh, <laughs> we'll test. <laughs> Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Do you profess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races. 
According to the grace given to you, will you remain faithful members of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representatives in the world? Wonderful. Uh, as members of Christ's universal church, will you be loyal to the United Methodist Church in whatever progressive iteration comes after the United Methodist Church? <laughs> that, that's the new membership vow, folks. That's, that's it. And if so, say, I will. And as members of this congregation of Hollywood United Methodist, will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your witness, your service, and your gifts? If so, say, I will. Will you greet the newest class of Hollywood United Methodist Church members? Gracious God, we're grateful to you for these five plus Daniel. We're grateful that you have brought them to this, your community of faith, and may we continue to grow in ministry and in faithfulness and in service to you. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our Christ. Amen. to take a deep breath and a moment apart from the world around us and enter together into a time of prayer. Gracious and loving God, we gather in your name to offer praise and worship, to carry our stress and our sorrows forward into your hands, and to join together in a community of faith. Together we are looking for a more perfect peace. Dear God, a sense of direction and an inspiration for something greater. We seek answers to the challenges of our world and, frankly, the challenges of the everyday. The personal difficulties and the global struggles. Dear God, we look for a way to understand the fractures in our lives and the suffering that we see around us. And we look for solutions that seem sometimes so far beyond our reach. God, we confess that we spend so much time looking outside ourselves for new sources of strength that we fail to realize that you, in fact, have been working in us all along. And for this, we are grateful. You never leave us. You fill us unfailingly. You have been with us always from the beginning of time. And dear God, we know that you will be with us until the end of the ages. Help us to find peace and comfort in you. Help us to lean on the assurance of your love and your unfailing presence. Help us to trust in what you have seen in us, that we are your children, we are loved, 
and you have made us to do your work. There's purpose in that truth, dear God, let us embrace it. There is healing in that truth, dear God, let it transform us. There's strength in knowing that truth, dear God, let us use it. For in your presence, in your partnership, and in your love, all things are possible. God, this morning we lift up all the people in our community, both in our congregation and beyond the walls of this church who are struggling. Emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, financially. We pray for those who seek shelter of the spirit and shelter for their bodies. We pray for their protection and we pray for change. This morning we especially lift up some in our community in prayer. We pray for Penny, for healing. We pray for Richard for his continued recovery. We lift up the grief and loss of loved ones, family and friends of Pat Murray who mourn his loss. And we are grateful that his spirit has been commended to you. And we pray for travel mercies for our own Bishop Marianne Swenson who still continues her ministry in retirement and has been traveling the globe to help foster a greater peace. There are many prayers that remain unsaid, lingering in our hearts and minds. And this morning we offer you this moment of silence. God, you have heard our prayers, those spoken aloud and those offered in the deep silence of our hearts. You know our hearts. You know what is upon them. And we offer these prayers, these concerns, these joys and glories up to you. In the name of the one who came to transform this broken and hurting world into a place of peace and possibility, your son, Jesus Christ, who taught us how to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Good morning once again, friends. My name is Pastor Bridie Roberts, and we are so happy to see you here at Hollywood United Methodist Church. We are super excited this morning to welcome our pastoral intern from Harmony Toluca Lake, our sister campus, Jace Lucas, to our pulpit. Can you join me in welcoming him? Jace is discerning his call to ministry and has been a really wonderful asset as pastoral intern at Harmony Toluca Lake, working really heavily with our youth program and offering invaluable support to Pastor Mark, and we are very excited to hear the message that he will bring today. There's a lot happening. We are on the cusp of Advent and the holiday season, so I wanted to share with you some of the things that are coming up so that you can plug in. Um, we are going to be hanging the greens in our sanctuary in preparation of the holidays, after uh, church on the 17th with lunch. And so we'd like for you to RSVP, you don't have to eat, um, but we're gonna have socially distanced food available. If you'd like to eat, we wanna know that you're coming so that we can order food for you. But we need all of your hands um, to help prepare this space and get it ready for a truly joyful holiday season. And we've received several requests from folks wanting to know what are the Thanksgiving opportunities to volunteer and be a part of our community. And we wanted to share with you two that are happening here in the heart of Hollywood. Um, Pastor Mark and Reverend Kathy have sent them both out, and they're also, I believe, on our website, so you can find out more information. But this is what they are. 
Project Angel Food, a longtime partner of ours, is going to be delivering meals on Thanksgiving to some of our neighbors, and they need drivers. Um, so if you're not, if you're feeling still like you need a little social distance, not looking to be in a crowd of thousands but want to help, they really need people who can help deliver those meals to people at their homes, and you can visit their website to sign up. Also, the Hollywood Food Coalition is planning to provide 1,000 meals at the Center of Blessed Sacrament, which is our sister Catholic church just around the corner. They hope to feed that many people and they need volunteers for that effort. So the links are available to those of you who are watching online, um, but you can also find them in a lot of the information that we've sent out. And I hope some members of our church will be a part of that. Also, I know you guys have been seeing these guys. Who has their compassion bear already? Well, I don't assume that, oh, I see one in the back. You'll see mine is wearing his mask, but he is otherwise nude because I have not yet provided him with a sweet fit for uh, the coming season. I need to take him home. I just picked him up today. I would invite each of you to take a bear. And for those of you who are new to this ministry, um, every year at this time, we have compassion bears available for you to take home, to decorate to your heart's content. Emily, I hope yours comes back with a fascinator. I can't wait to see that. Um, and they are delivered to children who are receiving treatment in the pediatric AIDS unit at the USC Medical Center. Um, and we, this year actually, because of the pandemic, we ended up a little bit behind, but it was a blessing. We were able to deliver the bears over the course of the year because kids aren't just receiving treatment at Christmas time, right? We know that children are coming through those halls all year long. So please pick up your bear, decorate it, and bring it back on November 28th, and we will bless it. And lastly, um, the, wall, the Wall Las Memorias celebration of caregivers will be taking place in our sanctuary. We are very honored to host this, also on the 28th at 2.30 p.m. And you can sign up at Eventbrite. I think they want to get a sense of how many folks are coming and will be here. And we hope that you will join us as well. That said, I hope you have a wonderful and beautiful Sunday. And it is wonderful to worship with you.
A reading from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 19. Of course, there is great gain in godliness combined with contentment. For we brought nothing into the world so that we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with these. But those who want to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, and in their eagerness to be rich, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. But as for you, man of God, shun all this. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith, Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and for which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the presence of God, who gives life to all things, and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep the commandment without spot or blame until the manifestation of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will bring about at the right time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It is he alone who has immortality and dwells in unapproachable delight, unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. As for those who in the present age are rich, command them not to be haughty or to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but rather on God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, generous, and ready to share, thus storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of the life that really is life. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Amen. Hi, um, as Pastor Bridie said, my name is Jace, and I have the honor of serving alongside Pastor Mark at Harmony, and I'm so glad to be with you here in person today and with everyone who's watching online. Um, I came to Hollywood UMC and started attending Harmony about two and a half years ago, um, and before that, I was a next-generation pastor in an evangelical church. and. In that experience, I got to give lessons about giving to children. And if you've ever tried to talk to children about giving their money to other people, that can be challenging. <laughs> and it's natural, because children are learning about what it means to take ownership of something and to possess something and the value of the things that we have. But with that, comes possessiveness. And so when Rev. Kathy today asked me if I could do a message on giving, I was prepared to give a similar message as I gave to the children, talking about everything from financial giving and why we tithe 10% because we learned about it in Genesis, um, and supporting the ministries of the church and giving God 10% of your time and explaining all of that good stuff. Um, because I think we, as adults, have a tendency to get a little bit possessive with are things too, myself especially. But as I prepared for that message, I stumbled on a passage that really got me thinking about the purpose of giving. Why do we give? And that passage is Deuteronomy 14:22. And Deuteronomy says, you shall tithe all the yield of your seed that comes from the field year by year and before the Lord your God 
in the place that he will choose to make his name dwell there, you shall eat the tithe of your grain, of your wine, of your oil, and the firstborn of your herd and flock, that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. In Deuteronomy, we see that giving and tithing is not about giving money to a church. It's not about giving money to an institution. But instead, we see that it's about a sacrifice to God, and it's about giving back what he's given to us so that he can use our resources to bring together his people, to bring together his global family, to honor him and learn about him and love him and serve him with one another. So today we're going to talk about giving, and I want us to come at this with the attitude of giving everything, our finances, our time, our energy, our whole selves. And church, this has never been more important than it is today, because we live in a time of pain and of hardship and loss and suffering and division. And in this time, the world needs their God. They need a savior. They need a friend and they need Jesus. So today, let's break down a scripture from 1 Timothy with a mindset of sacrifice and of service and of giving and talk about three different reasons to give. If we go back into the passage of the Bible that we were just in, in 1 Timothy, the first thing that we see is that we give to grow ourselves. Give to grow yourself. In verse six, it says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. We know that God loves a cheerful giver, and this passage makes it clear in 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8. I won't read the whole passage to you, but I think it'll be on the screen. Um, it says, each of you should give what you have decided to give in your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God doesn't want us to give out of obligation, and he certainly doesn't want us to give because someone got on stage and peer pressured us to put some money in an offering plate. But he wants us to give because we want to give. He wants us to give with joy and with a spirit of sacrifice and of contentment. And in verses 6 and 7, Paul laid out that contentment is gain. And he explains that this concept of happiness with what we have and gratitude for what God has given to us helps us to avoid evil and to grow closer to God and to his community. You see, when our act of tithing ceases to become a chore, instead it becomes an act of worship. And we know that when we worship together, we grow closer to God and to his family. When we experience the joys of cheerful giving, sacrificial giving, and develop the peace that comes with contentment, we grow closer to our heavenly parent, and we grow as people, and we grow as a faith community closer to God. I have a person in my life who I'm very proud of. Um, my boyfriend, Nick, is someone who regularly attends Harmony with me. And um, Nick was uh, hurt by a church early in his life, as many of us have been. And because of that, very understandably, he left the church for a very long time. And when we started going to Harmony together early in our relationship, he was a little bit hesitant, again, understandably, to get plugged in because he had put his faith in people before and they had hurt him. But after a couple of years of community and an entire pandemic later, uh, Nick has started to get to plug in at church. He's started to give his resources and his skills. He's volunteering in different teams, like our AB team. He helped renovate our kids' ministry space. And Pastor Mark came to me the other day, and he said, you know, I'm so proud of Nick because I see as he invests in the church and gives his time and his resources and his skills, I see him growing as a part of our community, and I see him growing in his faith, and I see him growing as a person. All of this was spurred by Nick's giving, and not just his money, but his time, his skills, his resources, and his energy. 
He sacrifices for the family of God. And like Nick, when we give to God, we grow as members of his family. Point number two that we see in this passage from 1 Timothy today is that we give to serve God. Give to serve God. Jumping back in at verse 11, the Bible says, But you, man of God, talking to Timothy, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God, who gives life to everything, and of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep his command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time, God the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in inapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see. To him be honor and might forever. Amen. I find it really interesting that immediately after Paul lays out the importance of contentment with our worldly things, like finances, he jumps into encouraging us to pursue the fruits of the Spirit. He immediately connects our spirit of giving to a spirit of serving God. In contrast to the love of money, which he talks about in verse 10, Paul extols those who fight the good fight for God in verse 12. He encourages us to keep God's commands and to grow closer to the unapproachable light while giving honor to God. You know, oftentimes I don't think about serving God when I'm giving. It can become a habit to put an envelope in an offering plate or to go online and click give or to text in an amount of money that, that you want to donate to a church. And it's sometimes hard for me to remember that this is an act of service. Also, sometimes I start to worry. I look at my bank account and see, can I really put in the 10% that I've committed or whatever amount I've said I can give this week? Can I afford that? Will I be able to pay my bills? Do you ever fall into this pattern of thinking about your pocketbook when you give? Or do you embrace the fact that sacrificial giving is an act of service to our maker and that it brings us closer to him? It's not just our finances that we can give, though, is it? When God calls us to give throughout the whole Bible, he calls us to give our everything. In Deuteronomy, we do see the Israelites giving their things. We talk about harvests and finances and food and possessions and clothes and all of those things that people give. But then in the Gospels, we see the disciples, and they are giving their time. They spend years learning and teaching and healing and serving and helping those in need. And then in Acts, the early church gives their energy to God. They spend time with one another, they spend time with God, they spend time with people who need Jesus and they need to hear the good news that they are loved. Giving is an act of service to God and giving as an act of service is going to involve more than putting a check in an offering plate on Sundays. Maybe you giving your all means that you volunteer with the AV team on Sundays, or you help in the nursery here at church, or maybe it means that you go into our community and to our friends who live with homelessness and provide them with the physical needs that they have. Maybe it means that you find someone at work who is sick and you pray with them, or maybe it means you spend time with a believer who needs a friend. You know, my grandfather was one of my great mentors, and he was a great man of faith. He was a, a pastor, and toward the end of his life, he planted a church because he thought that most churches don't do enough giving to others. And so this church that he planted, they started these really amazing ministries where they would go to the gas station and just buy people's gas all morning. They wouldn't mention their church's name. They would just tell them that God loves them and they wanted to give to the people that God loves. Or they would go to the grocery store and find young parents and help them to buy diapers. Or they would find large families and help them to buy groceries. They would give. And around my freshman year of high school, my grandfather decided that he needed to teach me how to do, run a budget, have my own personal budget. So he 
brought me over to his house on a, a Wednesday night, and he had all of these envelopes laid out in front of us, and he had cashed one of his paychecks for the month, and he started to show me how he would separate certain amounts of money into different envelopes for different things that he had to pay for. So there was an envelope over here for bills, maybe one for the mortgage, one for groceries, some back here for buying Christmas gifts, all of the things that we have to spend our money on. But what really shocked me was how many envelopes there were for things that didn't involve him. Envelopes for giving to other people. He had an envelope for tithing, giving to the church. He had an envelope for giving to those in need. If someone approached him and said, I have a water bill I can't pay, or I need to buy shoes for my kids for school. He also had one of my favorite envelopes where he would randomly walk into McDonald's and offer to pay for people's meals because that's what he wanted to do. And that's how he served God. My grandfather taught me that giving our money and also our time and skills and energy and resources is a way to serve God. And we might give those things away in this life, but we store up our treasures in heaven. When we understand that a spirit of sacrifice and of giving goes beyond us and our money, we realize that it also goes beyond ourselves and it becomes an act of service to our Savior. The third and final thing that we see in this passage from Timothy is that we give to help others. Give to help others. Picking up in verse 17, it says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. As I mentioned, uh, before I came to Hollywood UMC, I grew up Baptist, and I was an associate pastor at a Baptist congregation in Lakewood uh, near Long Beach. And while I was there, one of my duties was that I served as a messenger to the annual convention, which is similar to how in a Methodist church we send uh, delegates to the general conference. I would go to the big Baptist conference and listen to reports and uh, debates, and sometimes things that seemed a little bit meaningless. But one of my favorite reports that I got to hear every year was from NAM, the North American Mission Board. This was a Baptist entity, and they, they do a lot of good things in the US and in Canada to spread the good news of God's love. And one of my uh, favorite things to hear was when the NAM leaders would talk about the months in 2005 and 2006 following Hurricane Katrina. And they talked about the devastation, and in the wake of the devastation in New Orleans and the surrounding Gulf Coast area, they talked about how many countless organizations and volunteers gave as much as they could to help the people who were now homeless, they had no resources, they were suffering loss, they had lost their friends, their family, their jobs, their homes, and most of them had nowhere to go. When it came time for President Bush to thank those who were involved with cleaning up this devastation and helping those people who were in so much need, he did thank groups like the Red Cross and the military. But the president, in a nationally broadcasted press conference, gave credit to one group for their sacrifice, giving, and efforts to help those affected by Hurricane Katrina, the Southern Baptists. And as much as I disagree with a lot of what Baptists have to say, I do appreciate that they really understand one thing very well, and that is that our sacrifice for other people is our witness of God's love to them. In verse 18 of the passage we just read, Paul reminds us that giving to others, sacrificing for the needs of people outside of our immediate circle, is one of God's most important commands to us. You know, I love coming to church on Sundays. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, you could, if, if you meet Nick today, you can ask him when we got to come back to church in person. I have not been so excited about anything else. But if all we do is come into this room and put money in an offering plate, can we really call that giving? Can we really call ourselves followers of Jesus? Because think about Jesus' life. 
He enjoyed time with his friends, sure. He did meet with the believers, absolutely. But you know what? The vast majority of his time was spent giving to those in need. He gave his time to healing and to teaching and to helping and spreading a message of hope and of love. And this is our calling to give. As we wrap up our time together, I want to reflect on the state of the world that we live in, post-pandemic, post-election last year. We are in a world of pain and division, and never before in our lifetime has there been so much hurting and suffering and need around us. Homelessness, joblessness, loss, grief, division, hate, extremism, sexism, racism, homophobia, the world can be a very dark place. But we, Christians, are called to be God's light in these dark times. We have a hope and we have a joy that the people outside of the walls of this church need, and they need it now. But we won't be able to reach them if we're not willing to sacrifice for them. It's not easy. Sometimes I worry. I worry about my money. If someone at the gas station asks me for $20 to put in their tank, I think, am I going to use that $20? Do I need it next week to pay for the groceries? If someone asks me to help them move or to give them some of my time, I worry that I won't have time to rest or to do the things that I like to do. When people ask me to give, I worry about myself. And I think a lot of us have those feelings. But let's remember the words of Jesus in Luke 12. In verse 22, he says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear, for life is more than food, and the body is more than clothes. So my question for you today, what can you give to grow yourself, to serve God, and to help others? We can give money, but I get it that money is not always an option for everyone, and God gets that too. There are other ways to give. You can give your time to serve at events like the Christmas dinner that we're going to be having at this church for the homeless to feed over a thousand people. You can give your energy to pray over our nation's leaders as they try to find ways to help others. You can give your energy to, oh, we just talked about praying. See, missed a line there. Um, you can give your finances and resources to the church, sure, and do the work of God here. But you can also give to other groups that do things like protect the planet or rescue refugees or any number of good causes. But what we cannot do is fail to give. We can't not give, to sacrifice in some way during this pivotal moment in history. God has ordained you. He's ordained this church. He's ordained his global body of believers to be his hands and feet in the world for such a time as this, but we cannot do that without sacrificially giving. Amen. See
as you leave this place today, think about the world around you. Think about the person you see in line at lunch today. Think about your coworkers tomorrow when you return to work. Think about your parents, your relatives, your friends, the people in need. Think about how you can serve by giving. And if you want to give to the church, there are offering plates in the back as you exit. But however you give, give with joy and give to God. Amen.